Good morning. Good morning. And welcome to Naples United Church of Christ. My name is Dawson Taylor. I have the great privilege of serving as senior minister. And I'm Reverend Angela Wells-Bean, and it's my privilege to serve as your minister for congregational care. And it's officially Angela Wells-Bean Day here at Naples United Church of Christ, so uh, we want to welcome everyone. No, we're looking forward to celebrating your installation this afternoon. Yes, it's going to be a wonderful day, Um, and so if you can join us. Come back at 3 p.m. Or you can be like most of the staff in the choir and just stay all day. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Or be here all weekend like most of us. Um, I want to give a special welcome to Reverend Leslie. Uh, That's 11 a.m. service, my bad. Okay, Um, scratch that. I do hope that you'll all take a moment to register your attendance with us. There should be attendance pads in your pews. Please take a moment to fill that out and pass it along to your neighbors so that we can have a record of who is with us today. And if you're joining us online, please take a moment to tell us where you're worshiping from in the comments section so we can be in community with you through our virtual connections. Yeah. And I want to uh, update you on uh, and thank you for the wonderful response to our uh, stewardship season uh, as we are two weeks in. As of this past Friday, uh, we have had 115 uh, families in the congregation respond uh, for a total of $476,826 toward our goal of $1.4 million. So we are well on our way. So again, many thanks to you. Um, There are uh, estimates of giving in your pew backs. You can fill it out online on our website, or you can certainly stop by the church office, and, uh, and we will be happy to help you with that. And speaking of the pewbacks, you will also find uh, in the pewbacks or in the narthex, you will find uh, proxy cards for next week's uh, annual congregational meeting. So next week at uh, 12.15, you can attend either in person or online uh, our annual congregational meeting. And uh, part of how we uh, establish quorum and make sure that the business of the church is conducted is through our annual meeting and through proxy cards. So you will find uh, in uh, the pewbacks and available in the narthex for members of the church, so that's either associate or full members of the church, you will find the proxy card. Uh, please vote on the three things that are offered there and make sure that your name is uh, printed, you uh, sign it and date it, and then there's a card in which you can seal it and return it to the church office uh, or you can put it in the offering plate. We'll make sure it gets there. Um, also, you can, uh, you'll see in your email, you'll get a survey monkey uh, if you want to fill it out online or you can certainly come by the church office. But this is important to the life of uh, the church, and so we hope that you will be here in person, but you are invited to do the proxy card ahead of time because, again, that helps us establish quorum for next Sunday. And today is Communion Sunday, so if you are worshiping us with us online, we invite you to take this opportunity to prepare some elements so that you can participate in that sacrament with us later in the service. And if you're with us here in the sanctuary, we have a quick announcement about the bread in the communion tray because there's been a little bit of confusion. When the, commun- when the bread tray comes down your pew, you will see um, a few pieces of bread in the center of the tray, and you will see a lot of prepackaged wafers around the edge of the tray. 
The bread in the center of the tray is gluten-free. So if you're gluten-free, please take the bread in the center. Um, and if you don't need that gluten-free accommodation, then please take one of the prepackaged wafers um, that's around the edge. And when and you see the trays, this will all make sense. Yeah, and you get to heaven either way. You, yes, yeah, so, absolutely. Uh, you can choose either, uh, either one. bread, but uh, we want to make sure people uh, know that. And that's all we have for us at this time. So as an intergenerational congregation, let us center our hearts and minds as we prepare for worship today. God's holiness is not limited to grand cathedrals or saintly persons, spectacular mountains or mountain-moving leaders. God's holiness is often discovered in simple everyday places and simple everyday people. So I invite you to plant yourself in this place, grow in this hour, be nurtured by the taste of simple grape and grain. And in that joy, let us rise in body and spirit to sing our praise to God. I invite you to join me in our invocation, which you can find printed in your bulletins. Let us pray together. Gracious and loving God, you call to us across deep waters and dark places. Yours is the light which guides us and the voice which we follow. We pray that you would reveal yourself to us as we gather for worship. May those without hope be encouraged, those who are sad cheered, those who are seeking find you. In the name of your beloved child, we pray, amen. In that spirit, will you indeed be in the spirit of prayer with me as I offer this morning's pastoral prayer? God of abundance, in our world of scarcity, you gently remind us that we have more than enough. In our world in which if they get theirs, I won't get mine, you remind us that we can all get what we need. In our world in which we have to fight for us because nobody else will look out for us and those we love, you remind us that it is our calling to look out for each other. Your son Jesus said something about giving one coat away if we have two. It is so simple if we have more than we need, we give away the excess. In today's scripture passage, we will hear that the disciples caught so many fish that their nets were too heavy to lift. In a world in which people lived or died by the fish they caught, this amount of food meant security and sustenance for the multitudes. It was a miracle indeed. This is the world you envision for us, one in which we all have what we need and nobody goes without. You have blessed us with this abundant earth which has all that we need and so we come to say thank you. Thank you for the clean air that we breathe, the animals and plants which nourish our bodies, the beauty of nature which nourishes our souls. Thank you for our friendships and relationships which sustain us, the ones who provide love and support when we are struggling. Many of us, 
have concerns and struggles throughout this life, and you also remind us that there is more than enough empathy and care and compassion for all of us. Help us to hold space in our hearts for all who are struggling and to remember that one person's pain doesn't diminish the care that another person receives. By your grace, we have what we need to survive and thrive and care for all of humanity. May we be wise enough to loosen the grasp on all that we have, knowing that you are the ultimate source of all things. We are simply the stewards, and so we will endeavor to do your will with all that you have blessed us with. Thank you, gracious and loving God. If we say nothing else to you this morning, hear our prayer of thanks and gratitude. We pray all of this in the name of your Son, our brother, Jesus, the risen Christ, who first taught us to pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. This morning's scripture reading comes from the Gospel of Luke, his fifth chapter, and you are invited to follow along as the scripture text is printed in your bulletins. Once while Jesus was standing beside the lake of Gennesaret, And the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God. Jesus saw two boats there at the shore of the lake. The fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Jesus got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little way from the shore. Then Jesus sat down and taught the crowds from the boat. When Jesus had finished speaking, He said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, master, we have worked all night long and have caught nothing. Yet if you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done this, they caught so many fish that their nets were beginning to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Get away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For he and all were with him were amazed at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon And then Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching people. When they had brought their boats to shore, they left everything and followed Jesus. May God bless our modern understanding of these ancient words. Will you join your hearts with mine in prayer? Let us pray. 
Gracious and loving God, we continue to give you thanks for the gift of this day. And we ask, O oh God, that in this time of worship that you would speak either through me or in spite of me. But that above all else, we would hear with clarity what it is that you say to us this day. All of this we trust and we ask in your many names. Amen. One of the great privileges of my life was the opportunity to meet the poet, the prophet, Maya Angelou. She was given an award by an organization in Dallas many years ago, and I was part of the board, and so I had the opportunity to meet her, and she was as gracious and as feisty in person as she appeared in any interview. You may remember that she was raised in Stamps, Arkansas. I don't like to admit this often, but I graduated high school in Texarkana, Texas, which is right on the Texas-Arkansas border. That was only two years of my life, and so I try not to talk about it too much. But it was actually only about a 30-minute drive from Stamps, Arkansas, and so I felt a little bit of a kinship connection, but that's probably about the only thing we have in common. But Dr. Angelou was one who inspired so many, and you may also remember that there is a quarter being released with her image on it, the first woman and the first African-American to have their image on the quarter. And as we begin the month of February, it's so appropriate that we would talk about her on this important Black History Month. Dr. Angelou was actually a person of deep faith, but also critical of the institutional church. She wrote a poem entitled Savior, in which she critiques not only the church, but clergy, and she talks about institution versus incarnation. The institutional church versus the actual incarnation of Jesus, the presence of Jesus. The presence of Jesus, which we experience in so many different ways, but we are especially mindful of on a communion Sunday through the gifts of grape and grain. And it seems that she, once again, was far ahead of her time, as there are many critiques of the modern church today, especially as we see the decline of the church in so many ways across the United States. And we face even more challenges coming out of this global pandemic. And that's why I think this morning's scripture reading is so important to us from the Gospel of Luke, where we find Jesus 
along the shoreline, perhaps those of us here in paradise can imagine it even better than others. Jesus sees what we would know eventually as some of his disciples. And he tells them after a long day of unsuccessful fishing to cast their nets on the other side of the boat. And they tell him, we've been fishing all day. They give him every excuse in the book and try to convince him that they know best what they are doing. And he assures them with these words, fear not, the scripture tells us. Now, you may remember the words fear not at various places in scripture And as I like to remind us at various times when we come up against these words, whenever fear not is used in scripture, it's typically time to be very afraid because it usually means that something big is about to happen. Remember what the angels told the shepherds in the fields, fear not. Remember what was said at the tomb of Jesus on Easter morning, be not afraid, or we might translate it, fear not. You see, when big things are about to happen, that is an opportunity for God to remind us that fear is never intended to have the last word. And so the disciples cast their nets and the nets are so filled with fish that scripture tells us that the boats begin to sink and they are overwhelmed with what they have experienced. You might say it's the institution of fishing versus the incarnation of fishing. What they thought they knew versus what they experienced. And suddenly they realize this is not just some fishing coach on the side of the shoreline, but this is indeed someone who tells them then, from this day forward, you will no longer fish, but rather you will fish for people. You will no longer be about the institution, but you will be about incarnation. You won't be about all the things you thought it was about. You will be about experiencing the presence of God. And perhaps that is what we should be hearing in 2022 especially this great church on this exciting Sunday as we gather around this table, as we prepare to celebrate the installation of one of our pastors, as we look to a future 
preparing for our 50th anniversary. There are so many who want to tell us about what to dread and what to fear. Just turn on the news if you're lacking something to fear. That is the institution speaking. But instead, we are called to live out the incarnation of God. We are called to be about lifting up that which is holy, as Barbara Brown Taylor reminds us, and saying this is where we see God. Perhaps that is around bread and wine. Perhaps that is around celebrations of installation. Perhaps that is around a hospital or hospice room, a baptism or a wedding. Perhaps that is around a book study or maybe even a board of trustees meeting. But you see, the incarnation of God isn't necessarily for us to define, but it is for us to lift up, to point the world to, and to say, Be not afraid, fear not. Beloved ones, as you go from this place, may you look for opportunities to be the incarnation, the embodiment of God's love in our world. And may you know that you are a beloved child of God, you are created in God's image. And I pray that you go in peace. Amen.